Welcome, folks, to the Andy Social Podcast. My name is Andy Dowling, and let's mix these intros up a little bit. Let's keep things fresh. So let's uh, flip it all upside down. This week's shout-out, straight away, straight off the bat. If you're new to the podcast each and every week, I thank one of you legends for supporting me, supporting Andy Social, Self Starter, Lord, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. And it can be a range of different ways. It can be leaving reviews anywhere on the internet, you know, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or I don't know, somewhere. Um it could be buying a T-shirt. It could be buying um, a USB pass from my merch store over at andysocial.net. It could be chatting me a beer via the PayPal button over my website. It could be buying some Lord merch. It could be uh, a bit of social media love, sharing, tagging, liking, retweeting, all that crap. It could be a message of encouragement or it could be a guest suggestion for a future episode. Whatever it might be, it all helps. It helps build this podcast. It keeps me inspired and motivated. And I just thank you guys so much for continuously doing all these things for me. It means a hell of a lot. However, there can only be one each week. So this week's shout out is for Michelle Gaffney. Michelle is from Rayleigh, North Carolina. I've met Michelle on a couple of occasions when I've gone to Prog Power USA, an absolute legend. And Michelle is religiously sharing all of my content online. And I just thank you so much, Michelle, for the support. Um, you know, to ask people to share things around, it's always a bit of a hard ask because you're always inundated with so much crap coming from different people, me included. Um, and to have people doing this stuff for me, it's just amazing. So Hopefully, there's a bunch of people from North Carolina and the states that are listening in right now and listening to me waffle on, and it's thanks to you, Michelle. So thank you very much. When, when you hear this, please shoot me a message. I will get your details and send something out in the post to you because we all like getting something in the mail. So please shoot me a message. Thank you very much, and thank you to you guys for continuously supporting me. All right, guys, so you guys know the spiel, but if you don't know me already, I play bass in the Australian metal band Lord, and if you love a bit of heavy metal, you can go over to lord.net.au, check out the brand new website that Tim has just recently updated. It looks fantastic in my biased opinion. It is actually really good. You should go and check it out, uh, especially if you guys play in bands and want to compare. Come and check ours out because it's actually really, really good. There's a bunch of integrated Spotify links and playlists. There's uh, video clips on there. There's a heaps of historical content, our complete back catalogs on there. A great place, a great portal to discover our band and learn more and listen to our music and get a taste of what we're all about. So go over to lord.net.au. There's a merch store over there. So if you want to support the band any any further than that, um, there's T-shirts and hoodies and CDs and all sorts of stuff over there to go and check out with more merch coming soon. We've got a new album coming soon as well, so stay tuned for that. In addition to playing in a metal band, I also host the Self Starter podcast, which is all about small business, self-employment, and freelancing. So if you're a small business owner yourself, or you want to escape the cubicle, or maybe you just want to earn a little bit of money on the side, a bit of a side hustle, get on over to selfstarter.com.au. You can go and check that out, or you can search for Self Starter through whatever the hell you're listening to right now. You should be able to find it. If you can't find it, shoot me a message, and I will direct you. All right, guys. Now, this week's episode is with Paul Martin. Now, if you're not from New Zealand, you might still know who Paul Martin is. But if you are from New Zealand and you're a metal fan, I reckon you'll know exactly who this guy is. He is a staple when it comes to the New Zealand metal scene. He has been hosting the radio show, The Axe Attack, since 1987. And it's changed formats a couple of times over the years. And now it's currently with iHeartRadio. Um, but Paul has been going strong since 87 and he has hosted some of the world's best metal heroes. He's supported so many uh, New Zealand bands and, of course, a lot of Australian bands, including Lord. Um, and in addition to being this legendary radio host, he also plays in World War Four, 
and Devil Skin, which is one of New Zealand's most popular rock and metal bands. They have received gold and platinum uh, record sales in New Zealand. They've toured with uh, some massive, massive bands. Um, they've done a bunch of stints in Europe. Uh, they played Download in the UK last year. They're just, they're huge. They're doing really, really great things. So I caught up with Paul. We caught, we spoke about the radio history um, of the Axe Attack. We, um, his commutes up to Auckland every Sunday back in the day to, to do the program the longevity of all of that. We talked a lot about Devil Skin as well, where um, I'm really curious about their work ethic and how much they've been able to achieve in what, in the grand scheme of things, has been a relatively short time. Um, they're just doing amazing things over there and they play these big clubs in all across New Zealand and they've just got such a loyal fan base. So we talk a lot about that. Now, if you want to check out more about Paul, about Devil Skin, World War Four, The Axe Attack, you can go over to the show notes over at andysocial.net. You can go to devilskin.co.nz. You can go to iHeart dot com for iHeartRadio and search for the Axe Attack, or you can go to Facebook.com slash World War Four. That's F O U R N Z. But all the links will be in the show notes over at AndySocial.net. Enough crapping on for me, guys. Please enjoy this episode with Paul Martin of the Axe Attack, Devil Skin, and World War Four. You started the Axe Attack in what, eighty seven? Yeah. And from what I could see, because I read a couple of the bios online, um, you came on as a guest or on, on another radio station, yeah. and then you asked to be a co-host? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it started on a student radio station and had only been going on for like a couple of weeks when, when I got interviewed as part of a band called Nightshade. And yeah, the, the DJ and I basically, we had the same record collection. We just got on really well, you know? So he, he kind of asked me if, if I'd consider co-hosting the show with him. <laughs> And I remember my first words, hell no, man, all DJs are dicks. <laughs> uh, turns out I was right then. Yeah. But yeah, this kind of fell into it by mistake, Andy, and, and it's weird to still be here after 30 years, you know. But I, I attribute it solely to the to the music and the passion of the people that listen to hard rock and heavy metal, you know. Well, it's a pretty loyal bunch, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And like, I mean, just to, I mean, the, the big thing, and I've learned this just doing doing sort of podcasting the last few years is consistency is such a massive thing. And it, and I've found yeah. that, I've found that playing in a band as well. You've got to be consistent. You've got to show up all the yeah. time. You've got to give people that trust and that reliability. And for you yeah, to do, exactly. do that kind of stuff for like three plus decades, I mean, that's, that's a lot of following through and showing up, you know, each time and, and yeah, consistent. And, I mean, and you know, I, I do, the show was once a week on on the rock radio station, and that's like two hours from where I live, so I'd have to drive there um, every Sunday night, through, you know. Um, so whether my band was playing in Wellington on the Saturday night or whatever, I still had to be in Auckland by eight pm or all hell broke loose, you know. So yeah, I mean, it, it takes a bit, it takes a, you know, it takes a lot of dedication to to do it, but you know, it's, it's a, it doesn't feel like hard work when you when you love it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Did when you got asked to do the co-hosting? I mean, you, I, I'm assuming that you didn't have any prior experience of, you know, being a host no. of any kind of program or show. No, not at all. And that was here in Hamilton, um, which is where the rock first started. So it was the student station station um, run of a um, um, out of the university, and yeah, just. Just because I got on so well with this guy, we just clicked, man. We went home and back to his place and he showed me his records and I showed him my records. It was like identical. <laughs> and we, we were both mad about the same stuff and we both liked the same beer and we just got on like a house on fire. Our girlfriends were best mates. So 
Um, yeah, just just kind of fell into it. And he says, man, you, you know so much about this music. Just come and co-host the show with me, you know. So, yeah, it kind of started pretty innocuously, really. Did you have any sort of comfort zone issues when you first started, like just getting in front of the mic and having to sort of, you know, co-present with, with this other guy? Well, no, because I was, you know, like, I was drunk for a couple of years there back then. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I didn't have a, <laughs> I wasn't that bad. Uh, I, I didn't have a whole lot of inhibitions about it. And it was a mm. student radio station, so I knew it didn't have a huge reach or anything like that. But yeah, um, yeah no, uh, it, was, it was definitely out of my comfort zone, just but just because uh, I got on well with this other guy and it's music. But, you know, we're getting to play our protest records to people that had never heard them before. Mm. Violence, you know, and... Um, you know, Judas Priest and Merciful Fate and all this cool stuff that people hadn't, you know, heard much of before here. So you were just excited to be delivering this cool music to folks, you know. I was going to say, like, when you get excited about something, you sort of you sort of lose any any fears that you have about anything else because you're just so you're so into what you're doing. Exactly, mate. And and you know, it's like being a musician and an artist. You know, it's it's all about the passion and and the moment taking over. That's that gives us the rush to keep us going, doing what we're doing, you know, whether, whether for me it's it's uh, speaking to a, cl- uh, a, a crowd of school kids or something about music or, or people at, at, a, at a tech or something like that or playing on stage or doing my radio show. It's just the um, the buzz that you get from doing it because you love it. And it was a few years of doing that before you, well, the, the, well, the opportunity popped up for the show in Auckland? Yeah, the, the, um, yeah, the radio station I I did six years on the student station yep. and I won um, best specialist music show for, for the six years running and then I was kind of tired of turning up to student radio and, uh, and you know the, we had record players back then <laughs> <laughs> and one would be broken or stuff was missing and the headphones weren't there or something like that. I was just over student radio station, student radio so um, the rock had just started and it was this brand new rock station and they were playing cool stuff and ACDC and, you know, all sorts of rock and unheard of before in New Zealand. So I just hit them up with a wee proposal and said, look, I've been voted best six years in a row. <laughs> Take me on. And, yeah, they jumped at it. Even paid me like $30 a week. <laughs> <Awesome>. So <laughs> that was just stoked, man. I was just wrapped. And then the radio station got bigger and bigger and started broadcasting out of the Waikato area. And then just, you know, eventually became nationwide and, and I went along for the ride. But they moved out of um, Hamilton and up to Auckland. Yeah, okay, yeah. And stuff that, mate, no, no way, you know. Hell no. <laughs> wasn't going to live there. So, <laughs> so I used to commute. <laughs> it's not like they were paying me enough to live up there or anything like that. But, yeah, I just used to commute once a week up there to do it. And, um, you know, did that for quite a few years and then parted ways with The Rock and now I'm with um, iHeartRadio. And they used exactly the same computer systems in that, funnily enough, and I'm perfectly able to do it from Hamilton <laughs> and send it to their head office in Auckland. So maybe I didn't have to travel for that extra 20 years that I did up to Auckland. <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've had many moments uh, yeah, driving the car and just uh, being alone with your oh, thoughts and, and a lot of reflection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, you know, I'm really enjoying the the new platform. My Heart Radio is such a great platform because now people don't have to sit, you know, have to be in front of their radio for those three hours a night on a yeah. Sunday that I was live live to air, you know, because I never pre-recorded it. I, I did it all live, mm. and um, 
and if they missed the show, bad luck. But what I've got going now on iHeartRadio, it's a seven-hour show that I produce each week, yeah. and it's looped, it's looped for twenty-four hours for a week. And so yeah. I just replace it once a week. So if you tune in at the same time every day, you're going to still hear different music for a couple of hours. You know, that's that's amazing. So, and what sort of reach does it get now? Um, I'm getting something like a hundred thousand um, um, listeners a month. Not bad. So yeah, not bad. Um, yeah. I'm I'm pretty happy with the way it's going, and and like I say, you know, seven hours, man. It's there's so much more music, it's a hell of a lot more work for me, obviously. But you know, it's it's it makes it that much more exciting to listen to, you know. And I can cover a lot more because I'm still playing one third Kiwi bands. You know, mm. I'm probably doing a pretty high percentage of Aussie bands, to be honest. Crawford Ninja haven't been off my playlist for a long time. We're we're <coughs> we're infiltrating your playlist. Sorry? We're infiltrating your playlist. We're, we're taking... Totally. Taking oh, it's, it's, it's always been there, Andy. There's been yeah. so many important bands that come out of Australia. You know, I played Heaven the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, Angry Anderson. No, Lord, I played Lord quite regularly, you know. There's, oh, thanks, there's so much cool stuff, man. It's hard to ignore. Um, with... Back, sort of back in the early 90s when you are doing a lot of the radio, and as you said before, it was a different sort of platform where, you know, you... If you didn't tune in at the time, then you missed out, and then you just have to wait for yeah. the next week, and that's just how it went. But I guess I mean I didn't, I sort of wasn't around, sort of doing anything, sort of entertainment wise back then. But I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, but because you didn't have things like the internet and you didn't have a million different things distracting you, the interaction on radio would have been like really, really great. Like as far as yeah. People being able to like you would have people calling in and then people be able to identify oh. with you and you'd have a lot a lot yeah, of interaction the with phone people. Didn't stop. Yeah, yeah, the phone did not stop. You know, the whole time I've been doing that show, the phone never stops. You know, and, and people just ring up to talk or say, "Hey man, thanks for playing that song." Or you put me onto this new band and now I've got a Pantera tattoo. You know, <laughs> and <laughs> stuff like this. Yeah, people are just really grateful when they. Oh, I'm the same. You know, when friends of mine introduce me to a band, I'm like forever grateful, dude. That band changed my world, you know, and you know when when other people, uh, like, like I say, you know, people that listen to, to to metal and hard rock, they're pretty loyal, man. They're not going to change your stripes overnight and all of a sudden become dance bunnies or or like a totally different type of music. You know, we're we're there for life. People that love Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, thirty years ago, forty years ago, still love them, you know. So, you know, it's, it's just a. It's it's a really cool thing. It's more of a community than just a um, an audience, you know. Way more of a community. Do you get a lot of that still? Um, you know, when you're touring, you're out and about, and you get people coming up to you and just you know mentioning things about you know years gone by of you being on on radio and and presenting these bands to people and people discovering music through through your show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really cool because the the Devil's Skin shows we get a real cross section of ages. You know, <laughs> shows it's it's really cool and. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm in the early 50s now, and uh, there's a lot of people my age and older that, that come up and say, hey, man, you know, I've been listening to you for years and years and love what you do, and you put me onto so much good music and stuff like that. And it's a, yeah, it's a real trip, man. It's the most satisfying part of it all, man. Well, I remember years ago, and, you know, Dungeon never got, got to go to New Zealand, and so when we sort of changed the name to Lord and... and worked out where we wanted to go. One of the one of the first places that we had to tick off the list was New Zealand. And I remember just sort of just trying to understand and sort of network and connect with people and work out who was who and and um the name that kept popping up all the time was was yourself and and it was like, oh who's this guy? And it's like, oh this is this metal kingpin in New Zealand and you just gotta make sure that you're aware of who he is. And I just thought that's really cool to know. And I guess we've got you know, we had 
you know, different people over in Australia, you know, uh, Andrew Hogue and, and a bunch of yeah. others, you know, in radio and, and presenting, you know, a lot of metal and hard rock. And um, it was almost like the, the equivalent in New Zealand, but you had such a tenure, like, even at that stage, where it was just, like, incredible. So, you know, just to – I mean, obviously, I, I see New Zealand as such a unique place because it's such a small place and it's almost like that real sort of community vibe where, you know – I'm sure it's not the same when you actually live there, but from the outside looking in, it, it's it's got this feeling of everybody sort of knowing each other and having a connection. And maybe that's just metal and hard rock, you know, more so than, than New Zealand. But I, I sort of looked and I went, this is really cool that you've, there's people over there that are just flying the flag for, for this type of music. And, you know, New Zealand sort of certainly had a lot of exposure in, in, you know, the last several years with a lot of great bands coming out and people like yourself have no doubt sort of helped accelerate a lot of this awareness. Yeah, well, totally. I mean, I feel um, uh, as my role as a radio host of, of the X Attack, I feel obliged when I hear good Kiwi music to thrash it until people get it, you know. And here's a really good example, man, Alien Weaponry. Yeah. Holy crap, you know. They sent me their first demo and it sounded pretty rough. And I thought, it's a good song, but it's probably not broadcast quality stuff that, man, is going on here, you know. And um, I've been behind them since day one. We, I've I, I, um, we took them out on the road with Devilskin and, and opened them up to a whole new uh, audience for a tour, you know, and just believed in them from the start because I thought they just had something special, you know, not just the fact that they were so young, but there, there was a whole lot going for them and they were just really hungry. So I've, I've, I've championed them as much as I can. There's a whole bunch of bands over here the same that I really think need, deserve to be heard. So, I mean, you just kind of see it as part of your role to be making people aware of, Good shit, you know. <laughs> Do you think it's hard for, or it has been hard for for New Zealand bands to get awareness? I mean, you know, the Aussies oh, yeah, are always really sort of flying the flag, and we get confused with you, know, you guys. You guys get confused with us sometimes. And yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a culture thing. Um, but yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we are geographically isolated now. And, you know, proximity to Antarctica doesn't really help anything <laughs> as far as the music yeah. world goes. But you know, I think it, it just makes steals your resolve, if anything, that the ones that are going to make it will have to just buckle down and work that a little bit harder, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's only a small population here. We don't have enough people coming out to the gigs still, you know? There's going to be some really cool bands playing to like 40 or 50 people you know, regularly, and, and it's kind of, we need three, four, five, six, seven hundred people to come to these shows. Um, but we just keep trooping away, man, because that's, that's just how it is. I mean, the cost of living here is a bit tougher, I was just over in your beautiful country last week, man, and just amazed at how cheap petrol was <laughs> and food and stuff like that. And, you know, there's a whole lot of conditions that are that work against you here when you're, you know, the, the bottom-feeding rock musician. But, you know, if you, if you love what you do, you're just going to find a way to make stuff work. Do you think there's something, I mean, you know, you've been connected with, with a lot of this for so, so many years. Do you, is there things that you can see that bands should be doing and they're not doing, you know, being so connected with, with the scene over there? Um, well, I mean, the, the whole landscape's changed so much, Andy. Uh, you know, with the um, with the internet and everything like that. I guess it's it's even the playing field in a lot of respects, but it's also um, people kind of see that think that there could be an easy way. There's no shortcuts. You still got to get out and gig your ass off, and you know that you've got to play the crappy little rooms and through the crappy PAs, and you just got to work your way up. So. Um, 
nowadays, I guess it, it's it's so much easier because everyone's got a recording studio in their bedroom, you know? Yeah. Back in the day, there was none of that, was there? You had to save all your money and go to somewhere freaking expensive or, or somewhere really bad. Um, but there's so many more bands doing it all themselves now, producing quality videos and, and you know, quality audio and stuff just from home and, and doing it all themselves because the support network, you know, isn't being like that needed. So, um, it kind of works both ways. There's some, there's some really cool stuff going on, but there's also the grassroots stuff that you just can't ignore. You've still got to get out there and gig hard. Um, it sort of gives you like a false sense of security, doesn't it? Because you, it's, never, yeah. it's never been easier to connect with people and then you sort of think, well, everything else must be easy, so, you know, let's let's go at that same exactly. pace. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And for those who have, might, might have a bit of a frail, fragile, overbloated or something ego, <laughs> then it, it can make the whole world look terribly unfair, you know? It's like, oh, we've got this cool-looking, sounding thing. Wow, we're doing amazing, you know? But, you know, we all know there's way way more to it, and, and the industry's just got tougher with record shop. You know, I don't know what it's like there, but we've got less and less record shops now. Mm, yeah, same. Um, less and less, you know, just the, the grassroots, sort of part of the industry um, that we're in is kind of evolving. You know, the little record shops and, the, and stalls and things like that and the little hangouts and the small bars, you know, it's pretty tough for them. So, um, you know, you've got to think a lot smarter, I guess. And it's it's interesting because when, like, I was just in Japan a few weeks ago and even over there, my usual sort of haunts of where I go, you know, music shops and whatever, a lot of them are, are downsizing or getting closed down. And I just think, geez, if Japan's like it feeling this, then yeah. shit, we're in a lot right. of trouble because they're, they've always been the mecca of great, you know, great music shops and being in. Oh, places. that's always been the mecca of, of unreleased bonus tracks and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> all the cool stuff. You know, if there was an album that came out, you want the Japanese person, right? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, definitely. And and yeah. I sort of looked and went, shit. Like you know, if these guys are feeling it, then then this is this is a big change. You know, and it is being felt everywhere. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, and I'm sure it, maybe it's unique with you guys with Devil Skin in particular. But you know, there's never been more people that have been into music and into especially hard rock and metal. Now there's been such a resurgence in that genre of music, you know, in the last sort of decade or so. And, you yeah. know, people are coming out and people are appreciating it. And I guess it's just a case that people are listening and interacting with it differently than, than what it has been in years gone by. But, and a lot of people, I guess, just struggle to adapt and to change with, with what's happening, you know, in the market. Yeah, totally. I think, um, I think a good example, too, of, you know, the crossover uh, for some hard rock metal stuff and, and to the mainstream, that, that um, you know, a really good example, that's probably Sound of Silence by The Stirred. Yep. You know, I've got a young guitar student who's been coming for a couple of years now, and he's, he's getting pretty good. His mum comes in and she goes, "Have you heard this band Disturbed?" And I'm going, "Yeah, well, actually, yeah." <laughs> he's going, "They did the song, The Sound of Silence," and I went, "Well, let me play the song of the Garfunkel one first. And she's going, "No, these guys are just incredible." Anyway, tell a long story short, I, I see the kid home with them and down with a sickness. <laughs> then, you, know, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, it's really cool that there's so many older folks and parents and and. You know, a huge section that's been opened up to Disturbed through that song. Mm. And I guess Five Finger Death Punch are doing the same thing, but um, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it, 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 you can see why bands do it. They're just trying to work smarter. Um, 
and, and it's really paying off for a few of them, you know? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I have exact, almost exactly the same uh, story with that same song. And I was at a family gathering and I had a... I had a you know an indirect relative that um I'm just the last person in the world that I that would even I would even expect to have any sort of you know music culture or or even just have any interest in music in general and then he just turned around out of the blue and, and mentioned have you heard this song and I just looked at him and went did you just say disturbed <laughs> he said he goes yeah he goes it's a really great song he goes I don't know what the other songs sound like but that's a really oh, I'm really impressed and I just thought wow yeah. that's that's incredible to to get that that level of penetration into yeah. the general public is just incredible because yeah as like you know my student's mum she was so into it this band is so amazing <laughs> went, yeah well yeah <laughs> Do you, you might want to hear the song down with the sickness that's right yeah you, you see if you're still on board after that but I, I think it's great it's a great way to to introduce people and we've done that i mean you know we've we've certainly taken it to the extreme with covers and and trying to get people to to warm to us as a band and even just to to the genre of you know hard hard rock and heavy metal and and it's certainly worked we've had a lot of people that have you know oh, discovered it's us. fun too you know yeah yeah it's absolutely. fun too when you pick a song and they're like as a radio guy you know i'll get sent so much music quite often First thing I do when I get a CD is have a quick scan through the songs to see if there's any covers on them. I think, oh, okay, they're doing a cover of this song. And it gives you a good idea of where the band's coming from, you know, what sort of vibe they got. So, Absolutely. You can you can identify with it because you know you know the original song. So you've got a, you've yeah. got a, a starting point and then you can sort of but listen I, and learn the band. I'll have to be honest, I, I didn't like the sound of silence at all. I didn't like Disturbed's version because I just love the original so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but I, I like Disturbed. That, that didn't do it for me, and it's kind of the same with Bad Company by um, Five Finger Death Punch. You know, oh, God, it's such a good song. I just don't want to hear that version of it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, well, I like I like uh, Nevermore's version of of uh, Sound of Silence, and so but yeah, but the same, right. yeah, but the same thing. Like the sometimes the originals are they 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 have such a, a, a footprint or a fingerprint in your life as far as when you heard it and and sort of a place in time. So it's really hard to sort of override that with yeah. anything else so but it's it yeah, comes so down to time and, and place and, and, and you know music's totally subjective too you know so yeah 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 it's how you feel on the day really isn't it oh absolutely definitely do you think um do you think that the stereotypes and the stereo well the stereotypical stigmas that are associated with metal do you think they've changed quite a bit over the years like going back to like the late 80s and early 90s and you yeah, know yeah, yeah, it's a lot more accepted now you know, yeah, it is. It is. Because, <laughs> you know, so many people like metal. It's just like it had to infiltrate. Um, things like, you know, like for years and years and years, when we had the big festival here, the headliner would always be a big metal band. Yeah. You know, for example, Metallica or, or Tall or something like that, you know. And that was the little slipknot. And that was the ones that, that people were going there to see. And so these people would come out and... It, there's always it's always been there. It's not always been visible, you know. But there's a lot of people that have just adored the music for so long, and I guess now they're the mums and dads taking their kids to school and high school and all the rest of it. So you know, it's, it's just evolved with another generation and, and kind of spread to their kids too. Uh, so many of the kids and and my kids' circle of friends, their parents are old metalers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. And it's and it's funny, like I, I certainly see it now where you'll be, you know, just day to day life and then you'll come across somebody that is just the last person you would expect to to know anything about metal or enjoy it yeah. and they're a doctor or they're a lawyer or it's just some profession that, you know, in the past you just never associate that anybody that does anything like that would like that 
that form of music. But yeah. now, because everybody's getting older and, and it's a different generation yeah. coming in, that um, you know, it, it makes sense that there's going to be people out there that have that are professionals and they love yeah. they love this music, and it's 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 really really cool to see. Yeah, it's freaky. I was, I was in the car accident the other day. Some guy ran a, a stop sign and smashed into me and let my car off and he put me in hospital for a little bit. But um, I'm lying there <laughs> wondering if I've got a broken back or not. And the doctor's coming over. Hey, are you Paul from Devil's Kid, man? Oh, hey, look, can, I, can I get you to sign stuff for my kid? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, sure, man. Save my life, I'll do anything. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. It's, people just pop up all over the place, but uh, that's really cool. Oh yeah, man! I mean, that <laughs> what a surreal moment! Like, you know, get, come on, quick, help me out first, and then yeah, we'll talk about that later. Wow! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I got stopped in town by a cop once, and he wanted a selfie for his for his son or something. Oh, that's but, funny. What do I do? Oh no, no, man! I just want to get your photo. My kid's a big fan. Oh, I love it! I love it. <laughs> well, with um, Del- sorry. What was it sorry? Oh no no! I was just going to say with with Devil Skin, um, you know, mentioning it, uh, you know, the band's been around what for about eight years now. Yeah, yeah, close to ten years, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny, and I guess it's it's one of those things that you know, you guys, and I feel sorry for for Kiwi bands or or even for us, like in Australia, you know, in comparison to North America and Europe. But you know, for me on the outside, I mean, I. I saw the name pop up here and there every once in a while in conversations and whatever. It's like, oh yeah, cool, just another you know New Zealand band, and and you hear a little bit here and there, and then suddenly something pops up in a social media feed, or you see an article somewhere, and then you see this band playing this gigantic room, and you go, oh yeah, who are they supporting? And it's like, no, no, that's their headline show. And you go, oh shit, who are these guys again? And and it just became this thing that just built and built and built, and I'm just absolutely amazed at this success that the band has had over the last several years and you know you guys do sold out tours and you've you've brought out hailstorm and and had them support you in new zealand and help them you know tour australia and new zealand and you've gone to download last year and it's just it's amazing to see and maybe it's just me being a little bit ignorant and a bit disconnected at times but i'm just absolutely amazed at the level of success that you guys have had over the over what in i guess the grand scheme of things a short space of time and no doubt a lot of blood sweat and tears have gone into it but you know, what apart from the music, and the music's like top notch. But what what sort of approaches have you guys taken to sort of you know really get to the point that you guys are at now? Is it just luck, or I mean, obviously, obviously there's a lot of strate- strategy and and sort of. I, I think um, uh, Andy, probably probably no one's more surprised than me that that um, you know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm surprised the band's um, achieving any sort of success because I mean we all believe in it, but I'm yeah. I'm surprised that's happening to me. At, at, at you know, this time of my life, um, but you know, there's we've always had a really good work ethic. We've just worked freaking hard. When you know, like we're all fans of each other's bands when we played them before we got together. And um, I, I, you know, Jenny is one of these bands that sent me a shitty demo. Her first demo with the band Slipping Tongue was pretty badly recorded. And again, I stuck it on here. I, I just went, man, I, I got goosebumps when I when I heard her voice for the first time. Mm. And never, never ever dreamed I'd get to play in a band with her. But you know, it's a beautiful collision of um, timing and, and good fortune and luck, if you want to call it luck, and a hell of a lot of hard work. And yeah. we've, we've definitely had a lot of support from our families and um, a lot of good people around us. So all these things have helped us continue. But <clears throat> basically, um, the band's work ethic was always gig, 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 
keep freaking gigging, okay? We get more people along, let's make the stage. We'll, we'd always dress up the stage right from day one. Mm. We'd put, hang all these red curtains so when you're in the crowd, look on stage, they're running uterus or something, you know? It was just, we'd just make, the, make it look special. <clears throat> and then the next time we back that venue, we'd have that, but we'd have a few more people coming, so we'd um, invest more in the lights and invest more in the PA, and so everything just sort of built pretty organically for us. And yeah, we stuck out our album. We went on a, I think it was a 24 date tour, which is pretty comprehensive in New Zealand. It means you played some <laughs> tiny little wing towns, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, we were the first week into it, and, and we found out that the album had gone gold on its debut and, and gone in number one. So yeah, we were almost so surprised. It was just, wow, bizarre. Yeah. And um, we were, we're at, the, at the business end of this tour at, at the time, so it was like nine dates in a row. We didn't really have time to sit back and think, oh, man, we're so cool, we've done this. But we just kept, kept going, and we, we finished the show, and we went, shit, that's right, our album's number one. Holy <laughs> crap, gold. So it, it, it all really snowballed, but I think it comes down to just, you know, the bare basics, you know, putting on a good show, putting something into it, and, and giving the people that come see you a, a really good time, and they talk. And with social media, I mean, if someone's gone to a good gig, they're going to tell 5,000 people about it in no time. Well, um, I certainly get a, I get a feeling or when I've, when I've sort of looked at a lot of the stuff online and, and, and music and the videos and everything that there seems to be, you guys are pretty, I guess I'm trying to think of the best word to say, but you, you're down to earth in the sense that you've got a real connection with, with the audience. You know, it's not a, it's not a, you're not high and mighty above the audience. You're not disconnected from them. And there's this organic approach that you guys have got that I think has probably helped. And, and just what you mentioned before, doing 24 dates in New Zealand. I can't even, I, could, I couldn't even name 24 towns or cities in New Zealand. It's incredible. So, But it's kind of like what a lot of the bands in Australia have done over the years, the successful ones, is they've gone out to regional towns and places yeah, where a lot of bands would never play. Yeah, and they get they're stoked that you're in town. And, and, you know, some of those towns might be secluded, so they've got a huge catchment area, people that might go out once a year, and yeah. they'll, they'll come to your gig if you put your cool enough posters up there soon enough, you know? So yeah, it's all about being smarter about it, and just we just we, we just want more people to see us, and so that's what we just work towards. Um, the thing about, yeah, down to earth, well, man, we, we're still fans. We still go to gigs and, and, and try and push our way to the front row, you know? We're big fans of music, and to meet... Other people who are big fans of music, fans of our band, that's really special, you know. And you get, we've met some really incredible people that have, you know, become friends for life through the band. We've met people that have tried to take their own lives and, and, and said, hey, look, your lyrics in the song saved my life. Thank you. And look, I, I, or, or my husband and I walked down the aisle for one of your songs and we've got the lyrics of the song tattooed on our arms together. Yeah. And so much cool stuff like that, man. It's just, it, it really humbles you and it just makes you think, man, we've got a really special job here doing this, you know. It's like we get to play music that people are going to listen to and get involved with and connect with. So, yeah, it's not something you can take lightly, you know. Oh, it's, man. We're really humbled, definitely. It's a, it's a soundtrack, isn't it? It's a, You're creating a soundtrack for people's lives. Totally, man. You know, and I've had the same, I've got albums that are part of the soundtrack of my life and for people to come up and say, Hey man, your album, I just played it when I was in this dark place and it helped me and it's just done this. Wow. It's freaking cool, man. Oh, it's it, the it's, best job in the world, isn't it? Oh man, it's a, it's a, 
it's it's funny because at times you sort of forget about it. You get into the grind of it all, and you just and it's a bit yeah. of a churn and burn sort of aspect at times. And and then every once in a while, you sort of get shocked out of the system, and you go, "Oh wow!" Like and it's a bit of a pinch yourself moment. You go, "Shit!" Like yeah, this is this is what's like, actually like, happening. Yeah, Eddie. I mean, how often do you sit down and listen to to your city, the Lord stuff, or you know, stuff you've done before Dungeon and that? You know, H- hardly ever. <laughs> hardly ever. I'm the same. And you know what? Every every now and then, I get a slap in the face from my mate, and they'll say something about a song, and I go, "Really?" And I go and listen to it again. I went, "Man, we we did a really good job of that song." Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, I'm stoked that that guy got the feeling that we put into it. Mm. So I, I guess we kind of we tend to just keep rolling after we write songs and stuff like that. We we probably don't take the, the time to sniff our own flowers, if you like. Definitely. It's really humbling when, when people just climb into your music exactly how you intended them to, exactly how you did when you, when you wrote the song, you know? I think it I think it helps a lot when you when you do play shows, you know, the the way that you you hold yourself on stage and the way that you sort of interact with people out in the crowd and and as you said before, like you you're all fans of, of music anyway and you've been in the crowd, you've watched these great bands growing up and, and even now and you know what it's like when you connect with, with the band or with the musician on stage or you know vo- Dude, eye contact from, from your hero when you're when you're in the crowd. Oh, you know? How special is that? <laughs> oh, he looked at me. I'm surrounded by hot chicks. <laughs> he looked at me. Gene Simmons looked at me then. Serious, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I had I had a, a really quick story. We when Maiden came out in '08. Um, a mate of a mate of mine and myself we were in the crowd, and I think it was in Sydney or whatever. We did a bunch of shows, and Adrian Smith looked out and looked both at us, and he maybe maybe he didn't even really make eye contact. Maybe he was looking out past us or the person next to us. But we screamed like little girls. It was just we were so excited that we were like, oh my god, Adrian Smith looked at us, and we we're just shrieking. And then we laughed later on, just went, oh my god, this is like you know a couple of teeny boppers at a at a pop concert. But it was just. It's it's such a simple thing, and I yeah, think and, that, but I mean that that's why we're into music. That's why me and you play. You know, it's because that is the drug for us. It's a connection, it's that feeling, it's, you know, whether we're playing or, or enjoying someone else's music. It's the same deal, right? Absolutely, it's it's that connection. It's that energy you get from people, and it it goes back and forth and. It's cool. And so, as you said, when you get those reminders, when people reach out to you or make a mention of, of a song having an impact or an album, and then you sort of go, wow, like it's 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 pretty special. Yeah, totally. You know, you, it's not something I can, you know, take for granted for a moment. No, definitely. And sometimes I just need to slap myself and go, dude, wow, you're doing something worthwhile here. Absolutely. Uh, what's... I, we haven't played in New Zealand for quite a few years. I think it's been about fuck. I think it's been about five years since we played there. So we're long overdue, yeah. and we'll have to come back soon. No. But what's what's uh, what's your feelings with New Zealand at the moment with with metal and hard rock as far as you know live venues and and music? Because I mean Australia's been hit quite a bit over the last few years with venues shutting down. Melbourne's Melbourne's a bit unique. Melbourne's always seems to, <laughs> to go yeah. from strength to strength. But you know we certainly feel it. But has it been similar in New Zealand with you know difficulties yeah, and playing shows? Yeah, we had like. We had a, a, a pub in Auckland called the King's Arms. Oh, yeah, uh, I think yeah. you guys played the last time, didn't you? Yeah, we did, yeah. And, it, and it's kind of been the bastion of good hard rock touring bands and good touring bands for years, but uh, that's been sold to developers to, to be turned into something stupid. Um, but, yeah, we've sort of down a couple of venues. There's a few more there, but um, probably not the same quality. I guess it's the same everywhere, man. It's, you'll get a room that isn't a great room, but they have gigs there and people go so 
thoughts and so you just got to make the most of those for a while. You know, the, the days of wishing for a purpose-built venue for rock bands that's crowd-friendly is you know, a big ask over here. <laughs> but, you know, it just comes and goes. The venues come and go, but there's, there's always something in this. There's, there's a hardcore crowd that come out and see all the shows, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And is it is it a case that it's usually like the three... Well, the three main cities as far as Auckland, Wellington, and Christchurch, where they're the places yeah. to go still? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, you know, a lot of bands, a lot of touring bands just want to go to the South Island because it's freaking expensive, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, yeah it's, there, there's, a, there's a mighty hungry audience in the South Island for, for hard rock and metal especially, and, and Christchurch, they're a hearty bunch, man. You know, God obviously hates Christchurch, <laughs> but they, they hang in there. <laughs> there's a... Some pretty staunch metalers down there, man. Yeah. Well, I remember playing a. Oh, I mean, well, it's gone now because of uh, because of, you know the natural disasters down there. But I think, um, geez, what was it right. called in Christchurch in Al- Alsbar or something like that? Maybe. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we we played there, and then uh, the next time we we're, we're due to go back, and we're like, oh yeah, what? Uh, we'll play that same venue. I'm like, uh, no, that's gone. It's like, oh right, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's, Incredible. That's horrific, Absolutely. That's, yeah. Well, that's the city lost so much, but like, like I say, they're a resilient bunch, and um, you know the little crew down there is pretty staunch. There's some really good bands coming out of Christchurch. Yeah, yeah, we've we've maintained a lot of a lot of really strong connections with people in Christchurch, and every the times that we played there has just been been incredible. And um, as you said, they're very resilient, but um, really passionate about music. And there's been some great bands yeah. down there, and so yeah. I've maintained a lot of friendships with people people in in the south island just just from the brief moments that we've been there and it's just it's it's a it's an incredible place yeah sure yeah well i think um i've got a i'm i'm more <laughs> I'm more motivated than ever to start planning a new zealand tour because uh, yeah man it's um definitely we've we've been thinking about it for so long and i guess it's been well actually the last time we were there was the last time we released a full-length album so it's been five years between albums but we've had you know a bunch of a million different releases in between EPs and box sets and re-recordings and all sorts of yep. shit. But um, yep. now the new album's going to come out later in the year. We've been thinking about, okay, where do we need to return? And, and New Zealand's been one of those places that's just been, I think it's been sort of poking at me for a while where it's sort of, uh, it gets more and more irritating the fact that I'm, I'm sort of neglecting it. And I think, oh, geez, I've got to, I've got to work out a way to get back there. So um, it's, it's yeah, good to, yeah. it's good to connect and, and, uh, and get a bit of inspiration to, to get back over there. Yeah, for sure. Well, anything I can do to help, you know, just consider it done, man. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm sure our, there's an audience over here that's hungry as to see you guys. It's been yeah, far too long, but it's so cool watching, like, your work ethic, you know, like the, the, the amount of output that Lord has had, you know? Yeah. It, it's pretty cool, man. You've hung in there for a, for a long freaking time. We, like you're saying, you know, with the Exitex tenure, we, we know that it, it takes... It takes commitment to to keep anything rolling for that long, you know. So, oh, that's yeah, it's it. pretty special. Yeah, it's that consistency, and even I mean, there's been, jeez, oh, there's been so many times where, you know, you sort of look and go, shit, are we doing the right thing here? Like, do we need to do we need to pivot? Do we need to just sort of stop what we're doing and just do something different and move on? And then you just think, nah, like you you're so into it, you're so passionate about it, that it doesn't matter whether you know at times people aren't paying attention or don't or it appears that people don't care you just you just keep doing it and then if people love it then that's great and then you get rewarded along the way with little little bits of su- success but um you know you do it because you love it and that's that's what you said earlier as well you got the passion there so you just you just keep going 
yeah, man, it's, you know, it's like the old bumper sticker that says, um, I can't remember, but it kind of says, um, the worst day fishing is better than the best day at work or something like that, you know? <laughs> it, it, well, yeah, along the lines of, if you, if you enjoy your job, it's not work. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, well, I freaking love what I do, and I feel really, really privileged to, to get to play music with people that I love in front of like-minded folk, you know? It's way too special. Yeah, no, that's um, it's something that I've certainly had a lot more clarity in the last few years about, you know, un- understanding the enjoyment of work and then realizing that the work stig- the stigma around the word work um, isn't really there. You know, it's you've got to you've got to find that passion, and, and once you do, then it doesn't matter how hard you work because you just love it. Exactly, and you know, like I've been most of my life, I've been juggling two or three shitty day jobs at the same time, so I can. Um, enjoying my passion, you know, <laughs> yeah. to give me the freedom to buy guitar strings or, or whatever, you know, you know, put petrol in your car to get you next gig. So we all do what we have to do, and, and it's just about making sure you enjoy your life, and if you can make other people's lives happier at the same time, then, man, it's what a bonus. You know? Absolutely. Um, so what's what's the next plans for, for Devilskin in World War Four? What what's, what's the rest of the year look like? Are you guys sort of – have you got big plans, or is um, it sort of just – with World War Four, we've been rehearsing quite a lot and we've been writing some new stuff. We um, recorded a song a couple of months ago, but we're kind of sitting on it for now for um, for an EP release in a few months, but we've still got another couple of songs to record. But with, um, with Devil's Skin, yeah, it's starting to get quite busy. I, um, we're probably, I think, two weeks out from a, from a major announcement that I'm not, not allowed to talk about yet. <laughs> but um, it involves yeah, taking off again, so you yeah, get pretty excited. We've um, we've just started pre-production with a producer towards recording um, a couple more songs shortly, so yeah, hopefully one will be a single and um, we'll get out and about uh, probably around about September, September October November. We're looking at being busy, so um, yeah, we've got yeah, we've got some good things happening, man. It's, it's starting to get a little bit crazy into this year. We've, we had a bit of a tough year at the beginning. Um, um, well, not so much tough, but Jenny got married, so needed a bit of time out. Mal had a baby, so needed a little bit of time out. Then, then Jenny got quite ill um, with endometriosis for for a little while, and that sort of knocked us back too. So we've spent a lot of time working on new music and, and writing stuff and honing our craft. And um, yeah, we're pretty much ready ready now to get out and um, do some gigs. And we've got probably about 30, 32 songs demoed for the next album. Whew. So it means a lot of spacing between everyone's personal favourites <laughs> to whittle it down to about 14 or something. <laughs> well, it's, you know how it is, man. Oh, man. Well, it's good to have more than enough than not enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool position to be in, but yeah. yeah. Oh, good I just want to record them all and put out a triple album, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the good thing is you can always drip feed that stuff. So you, you pick the top ones and then you can come back to the rest and refine them and improve them or, you know, up. Exactly. Up, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. We've got leftovers from the first album. And, wow. You know, it's funny because the first album, We Rise, the song We Rise, never made it on the album. Yeah. But it made it on the second album, Be Like the River. But yeah. the song Be Like the River didn't make it on the Be Like the River album. So that's going to have to be on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a good problem. it's a good problem to have. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Well, mate, I'm going to let you go and uh, get on with get on with your day. But oh, I really appreciate you giving me some time to, to have a chat, and it's good to connect again. And and uh, oh, really? Yeah, and I'm looking oh, forward to seeing look, what's going on in the future for you guys as well. 
Yeah, man. Well, yeah, I, I can't say too much right now, but um, yeah, it's it's an American band that we've got some dates in the in the UK and Europe or in Europe. Would so, um, yeah, we've been told to keep it strong until they release it. You know. Uh, good stuff. Well, I think by the time this comes out, um, I'm, no doubt you guys would have announced it. So I'll, I'll put a bunch of links to to the announcement, sure. and all those dates and everything in in the show notes for the podcast episode, so people can go and check all that out if they're if they're listening from uh, those parts of the world. So it's pretty cool, man. I mean, geez, yeah, there's there's a lot to look forward to. Yes, we stayed. You know, I've been to Europe um, three times, four times, but you know, you got to keep you know you you've got to keep visible. You can't disappear for for a year. You've got to keep being seen doing gigs, so um, yeah, we, we're overdue to get back there. So, like I say, we, we ideally want to be back there in like March or something, but the year just didn't fall off the way we planned. So, <clears throat> we're, yeah, we'll be doing something like I think it's 23 dates in 30 days through 11 countries Whew. in October. Not bad. <clears throat> and then, uh, and then UK in November. So, um, yeah, we're, we're just chomping now I get pretty excited <laughs> very good well yeah I'll put I'll put a bunch of links in the show notes so people can check it out because mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. If, if and I'll you... definitely keep you posted as soon as I'm there to say a word <laughs> yeah of course of course yeah so um, yeah man I really appreciate your time and, and we'll have to we'll have to keep chatting uh, later on definitely man let's keep in touch yeah. and um, yeah anything I can do you guys come over here man I'll, whatever I can do to support you got it you know love it thanks so much alright man oh, take care have a good thanks, day man. yeah you too mate thanks bye Cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers, cheers. If you want to learn more about Devil Skin, World War Four, the axe attack, you can go over the show notes over at andysocial.net and uh, I'll have all the resources, the links, every possible way of discovering this stuff. I'll have embedded videos, pictures, basically, guys, what I do each and every week. So if you haven't checked out the show notes so far, do yourself a favor, go over and check it out. There's plenty of opportunities to further learn about these amazing guests and also support them in addition. So go over there, andysocial.net, check it out. A massive thank you to Paul personally from me for your support that you've given Lord um, over the years. And I'm sure that many other musicians are in the same boat and would say thank you as well. You do amazing things for many, many musicians out there and have been doing so for many years. And I'm sure even from a punter point of view, being exposed to so many amazing bands and mu- songs music over the years. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are appreciative of the hard work that you've been putting in for so long. So cheers, Paul. Hats off to you. And hopefully we can catch up for a beer sometime in the near future. Oh yeah, quick edit here, guys. I forgot to mention one little thing. So at the end of that episode, Paul was alluding to an announcement that he couldn't mention at that point in time. But, uh, you know, some time's passed since we recorded that interview. And I thought I'll just plug it right now because it's since been announced. Devil Skin are going to Europe in October, and they are supporting Hailstorm all through Europe. So they are playing, I think the first date's on the 1st of October, it goes right up till the 25th, and they're playing uh, through, where are we? Netherlands, France, Belgium, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Germany, 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 Austria, Switzerland, Italy, Spain. There's heaps of dates there. Um, There's also a big New Zealand tour that has been announced as well. I think that starts off on the 31st of August in Dunedin and uh, goes right up until, come on, you bloody thing, goes right up until the 15th of September. And they're playing all across New Zealand as well, being supported by Written by Wolves. Haven't heard of them. Might have to check them out. So you can go over to devilskin.co.nz or you can search for Devilskin on Facebook. You know, go over to andysocial.net. I'll have all the links in there. But uh, big tours, if you are in New Zealand or in Europe around that time, definitely go and check them out and say hi to Paul for me. Go and buy him a beer. Thanks. 
All right. A couple updates before we wrap up this podcast. From a Lord perspective, the album is progressing. We are still recording it. Uh, we got a second revision of our artwork, our album artwork. We are much happier with the second revision, and we've sent that back with uh, some further amendments, but we are inching closer to hopefully having some announcements soon. I don't know what the timeline is. I think we're just trying to do what we can, and then when things get closer, then we'll start uh, working out a bit of a timeline. But hopefully soon. We're getting closer and closer, and I think people are going to be really happy with this. Well... Fingers crossed, anyway. Uh, the two shows that we're doing for 2018, we're only doing two. September 22nd, Melbourne at Max Watts. We are headlining the Metal United Down Under Festival. Uh, you can get tickets for that through Mosh Ticks and Oz Ticks. And we are doing day two of the Steel Assassins Festival on November 3rd at the Bullface Stag in Sydney. Day one is being headlined by Hobbs Angel of Death, which for you guys playing along, Peter Hobbs of Hobbs Angel of Death was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you go back and check that out. You can get tickets for, for that as well through Mosh Ticks. Or if you want to make it really easy for yourself, go to lord.net.au or andysocial.net. Click on the Lord Shows tab and all the ticketing info will be there for you. If you get lost, flick me a message. I will guide you to the destination. All right. Uh, self-starter really quickly the latest episode episode 18 is up it's a bit of a different one it's a side hustle uh, I think I called it side hustle haven Ugh, yeah it's a bit wanky I don't know if that's going to stick anyway we've got we to gotta do something put it out there we'll see what happens see what sticks see what, see what doesn't uh, it's a side hustle special which is all about Twitch and if you don't know about Twitch it's a live streaming uh, video platform um, mainly reserved for gaming, but uh, lots of people use it for all sorts of different uh, activities, and you can earn money using it. So I had James and Jono, and for you Aussie metal fans, and that's Jono from Tabra, if you're playing along, uh, I had them both on the podcast to talk about their Twitch channels and how they're earning a little bit of pocket money, a little bit of extra coin on the side. So if you're curious and you want to earn some dollary dues, go over to selfstarter.com.au. Or you can search for Self Starter on the podcast player that you're listening to right now. Episode 19 will be out ooh, next week, I believe. I'm just trying to think of uh, the date today and when this is coming out. Anyway, it's coming out soon. So stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to Self Starter. I really, really appreciate the support you guys are giving that. It is uh, a smaller venture than what Andy Social is, but I have big, big plans for it over the long term. So any support that you guys can give, subscribing to it means a hell of a lot. It helps with all the little crazy calculations and algorithms behind the scenes and just helps uh, further legitimize that podcast. But I've had some amazing success over the last, uh, I don't know, since November last year when I first uh, launched it. So it's actually been pretty incredible. So um, bigger and better things to come. So thank you very much for the continued support with Cell Starter. Um, I think that's about it, guys. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, Actually, before I wrap it up, I have patches that are incoming. They're in transit at the moment. I got a proof of it the other day, and they look really, really good. So hopefully the physical thing in my hand will look amazing. If you own a battle jacket, if you own something that you sew patches to, shoot me a message if you're keen on getting a patch. I will hook you guys up. Otherwise, they will be available via the Bandcamp online store uh, and you can find that by just going to andysocial.net or um, if you want to type out the whole url it's the andysocialpodcast.bandcamp.com so up to you what you guys want to do um, and that will be up there soon i am getting some more merchandise uh in the coming months it's just a bit big money game so your support when you guys send uh any beer donations um 
Yeah, it kind of goes to beard, but um, but more or less it, it supports a podcast. It, it ensures that uh, the money goes back in and builds this podcast. And one of those things being merchandise. So I've got heaps and heaps of pod, uh, podcast merchandise ideas that are going to be coming uh, in the coming months and whatever. So um, yeah, every time you guys support, it all comes back in. So if you haven't got a t-shirt or haven't got a USB pass, or if you want to shout me a beer via the PayPal button, please do so. It all goes back into this. And it also helps me find more guests, helps me get out there and uh, continue to improve this podcast and hopefully refine some of these crap outros. So... <laughs> With that being said, I'm going to wrap this one up. Guys, thank you so much for the support. It means a hell of a lot. Keep doing those great things. Um, appreciate it. It means a hell of a lot. And until next week, guys, take care. And I don't know what. Bye. See ya. Bye. 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 Larry. Larry, please.